It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It's the end of an era in Cincinnati as the Reds part ways with Joseph Daniel Votto. We're going to react to all that and discuss what's next, not only for Votto, but also for the Cincinnati Reds. We've got that for you on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked on Reds with Batman and Robin. No, I'm just kidding. My name is Jeff Carr. His name is Steve Offenbaker. And we Am I Batman? No, I said Batman. And then I pointed oh. at you, Robin. Anyway, my name is Jeff and you're, you're Steve. Yeah. We're lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you, even though I've got a weird voice today. Uh, thanks for bearing with us here because we've got a lot to say about the man Joseph Daniel Votto and the Reds declining his option for the 2024 season, which if you're an everydayer of the show, thank you for being an everydayer, uh, but you were ready for this to happen. Uh, before we get into everything, wanted to let you know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, make every moment more. New bettors now can win a $150 bonus bet with a winning $5 money line bet. Check out FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right, Steve, when it comes to Joey Votto and when it comes to this news, it was not surprising. This was something that we have talked about all year long. And something that I think you and I were both ready for. So whenever the news came down, it didn't necessarily emotionally affect us. Um, but maybe there was a little bit of critiquing going on. I don't think that I was prepared at all. I mean, we had time to get ready for it. But the fact of the matter is it still stings. I mean, you know, this is a player that has been around the organization since 2003 and with the finality of it, with it actually happened, you know, it still hits you kind of right in the heart. And then I don't know if you saw yesterday, but Joey released a video talking directly to the fans and the people of Cincinnati, you know, that hits you in the heart all over again. And while we knew it was coming and, and if you've been listening to this show, everydayers know we've been preparing you for it. It still wasn't easy. And when you read the statement from Nick Crawl, when you watch the press conference from Nick Crawl, there are some things in there that I think are absolute truths. There are some things in there that I think are absolute spins. And there's some things in there that fall somewhere in the middle. And I think part of this today as our therapy for getting through the acceptance stage that Joey is gone is going to be calling out what we think is true, calling out what we think is not so true and identifying what we think will be the, what we think will be the results of it all. Yeah. And I, I think too, 
the the key part in what a lot of Nick Crawl has to say, I mean, Nick Crawl is a very reasonable guy, I believe. I, I believe he's a very objective guy. He's had a plan for this team from the beginning, and he understands where Joey falls within that plan. And whenever he he kind of had a Zoom session with local reporters about uh, his decision and, and explaining uh, why the Reds are moving on from Joey Votto, he opened it with this statement. Yeah, it was a tough decision that we had to make, um, you know, with with where we are, uh, with, you know, looking at our roster playing time, um, you know, how how that affects us moving forward. And, and you know, I think that was it made it made the most sense for us uh, to uh, to decline the option. Um, you know, I think with seven guys on the roster right now that uh, that played in the infield last year and had significant time, uh, Barrero, who ended the season in triple A's out of options. Uh, but the seven guys trying to get playing time, uh, Encarnacion, Strand, India, Steer, De La Cruz, Marte, um, uh, McLean, and, uh, and Sinzel, you know, they all they had some guys play the outfield. They had some guys play the infield. But, you know, at the end of the day, we felt this was the best decision for us. You know, if, if you, you know, I'm sorry about the, uh, the, the Saturday morning announcement, but I felt it was the, uh, the best time to do it. I leave for the GM meetings at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Um, I uh, you know, I told Joey first thing on Wednesday or Thursday morning. Uh, so I told him right away. I gave him uh, – he was in Spain. Uh, got home at 6 o'clock last night. I gave him time to tell his family. So, um, you know, I, I know I, I saw some of you tweeted out this morning that uh, uh, about the timing of it. Uh, that was nothing to do with Saturday morning. It was just this was the best time, and I wanted to make sure that he had time to tell his family uh, before – uh, this announcement came. So that's, uh, that's why we did it. I find it telling Steve, and, and we'll definitely get into, uh, everything that he said, and th- there's a lot of logic behind it, but I find it telling that that being like a 92nd statement that he made to open up the zoom thing, half of that was spent explaining why the news was released Saturday morning before college football began before NFL, before the NFL weekend began, you know, before everything happened essentially so that it would be buried within the sports news world and it kind of be old news by the time Monday rolled around. Oh, absolutely. This was a, a, a weekend dump. It's exactly what it was. The media, which hardly ever calls this team out, by the way, a lot of the beat writers called it a weekend dump. We see it as a weekend dump. That's what it was. Uh, They did, in fact, bury it with all the other things going on on a weekend between college football and preparing for the NFL Sunday and all of those things. That's what they did. There was a lot of truth in that statement, though. Everything that he said about the other players on the roster, everything that he said that basically outlines why there's not room for Joey Votto, those were all true as Nick crawl sees them. Those were all true as to Nick crawls plan. Could you make room? Could you carve out a place for Joey Votto? Sure. You could do that. Could you find at bats for Joey Votto? Absolutely. But that's not Nick's plan. And that's the, like, I think the understood part that he left out of the statement. There's not at bats for Joey Votto in my plan. There's not room for him to play in my plan because Nick is continuing to work the system and do the things that he said he was going to do. And I give him credit for that. Um, you know, am I shocked yeah, he's that they did the this? Yeah. yeah. He's running the team. Am I shocked he did this? No. Is, was it the right call? It probably was for his plan. 
So, right. you know, I'm not angry that they didn't pick up Joey's option. Uh, I, my anger we'll get into in another segment, but for me, you know, I think that was as candid a Nick Crawl as you're going to get. Uh, just, leave, but he just left the the last few words out in my plan. That's the only thing that was missing from that statement. No, and it's it's further, uh, further him putting himself out on the limb and saying, "Look, yes, this is my plan. This is my team. This is my vision for how this team is going to get back to the playoffs." I find it telling that the first name on that list of names that he talks about a lot is Jose Barrero. So mark him down in spring training. Dude's going to be on the active roster come opening day because he's telling us in November that, yeah, Barrero is going to be out of options next year. So we're working him into the roster. He has more in his plan for Jose Barrero than he does for Joey Votto, which tells me another thing, which we'll expound on a little bit later. And that is he's not coming back. I don't see a, a, a point this offseason where uh, we will see a news update that Joe, Joey Votto returns on the Reds for a protracted deal. So as much as we have surmised, could the Reds sign him for three, four, five, ten million dollars? That's not going to happen. So just mark that down now. And, and, and Nick Kral is doing everything that he could basically say without saying with 100% certainty that it ain't never, ever, ever going to get back together. But when it comes to what we see from what he said, he's not coming back. No, I, I agree with that. And and we'll spend a little bit more time on that in the third segment. The other name that was interesting is in all of these names that he mentioned, Nick Senzel's name. I don't know if you picked up on that or not, but he Tripped talked about that at the end, yeah. he, he did. And it's curious to me because I don't see a scenario where Nick Senzel's back, but I think that's uh, why he tripped it, over it. I, I do too. So I, I thought it was interesting that he kind of started to go there and then took a hard left turn after he did it because um, right. I think Jose Barrero is actually next year's Nick Senzel. I think that's yes. the deal. Uh, I, I think that's what we're going to see with that. But one thing from that press conference, and I don't know if you want to do it now or a little bit later, but the timing of this announcement, we talked about the Saturday dump, but Nick Cross seems to want us to believe that this decision wasn't made until this week. And I think that plays very heavily into the question that we will answer coming up next. Did the Reds do Joey dirty with all of this? All right. Well, before we get into all of that, then Jeff, let me take a minute and shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Uh, we are very happy to have FanDuel on board sponsoring us today. Uh, you can score early and often the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers to FanDuel are going to get $150 in bonus bets back after a winning $5 money line. Uh, you know, there's time to uh, get in on this action. It's really easy. Jump on FanDuel. You can make a wild variety of different kind of bets. Money line. Uh, you can play the point spread. You can do props. You can do parlays. They've got it all over there. But if you make a money line bet of five dollars and you hit it, you're going to get a hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel and putting it off, there is no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. Like I said, there's so many different ways that you can set up your bets. You can play the spreads. You can do player props. You can do Jeff's personal favorite, the over-unders, although Jeff doesn't do it right 
quiet because he only ever clicks the over button. There's so many ways to play. Uh, there's all of those options and so much more. You can combine prop bets on a game into a single game parlay for even more fun. Those uh, are a little low risk, high reward action for you there. Uh, you can look to, uh, all of the games in the sporting world, whether you're looking at the NFL, whether you're looking at college football, whether you're looking at uh, any of the other stuff, when there's UFC's fights, you can even go there if you want to. Uh, take a second and head over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now. And again, you hit that $5 money line bet, you're getting $150 back in bonus bets. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to kick off your betting on the NFL season today. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up this week. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Joey Votto, uh, well, the separation from Joey Votto. We're going to talk a whole lot more now about where the Reds go from here. We're going to finish breaking down some things from the 2023 season that we haven't gotten to yet. And we're going to have an eye on the general manager meetings that are taking place this week and, and be looking to see how the Reds are going to attack this post this offseason to get ready for the 2024 four season uh, but jeff there's still a lot to talk about with this this move with the reds parting ways with joey Votto, and i think you set it up nicely there at the end of the first segment the the question we really have did the reds do joey Votto dirty and i think that it's not a simple answer to this question i think there's some pieces of this where i feel like they might have done him a little bit dirty there's other pieces of this where i think there were things they could have do to celebrate joey in spite of joey and then there's some things to do that were just business decisions and i have no problem with yeah because i think it it really stems and probably the the biggest issue that uh, you came up with whenever we were we were watching this press conference was the answer that Nick Crawl kind of sprinkled in at the end of a question of how involved was ownership with this decision. This was, they they I've discussed this with Bob multiple times. Uh, we had a lot of conversations about this, and we we didn't I mean we didn't make a decision until earlier this week. See, I think his brain was telling him not to say that and it got out of his mouth because if I had, if listen, if I had a BS button right now, Jeff, I would whack it. You would hear it. There is no way that this decision was made this week. They knew in April that they were not picking up this option. I would suspect they've known for years that they're not picking up this option. And barring a 50 home run season from Joey Votto in 2023, there was absolutely no chance they were picking up this option uh, for him to come out and say, you know, this decision wasn't made. Uh, I think that's absolutely not true. That's a, that's a PR spin. You know, like I said there at the top, Jeff, some of this was true. Some of it's not, and they're trying to spin it. And some of it falls somewhere in the middle, that piece of it that falls in the, that's not true. That is not how this went down. This decision has been on the books and made for months and months and months and months. See, and I can see how you'd feel that way. And I agree with half of your answer. Nick crawl has had this figured out since April. Bob Castellini hasn't. Bob Castellini is the guy that nicks the Billy Hamilton trade that would have actually brought back prospects to the Cincinnati Reds. Bob Castellini is the type of owner that is very in tune with the fan side of the team. He's very in tune with how we feel about our favorite players. Bob was not willing to accept the, the finality 
of Joey Votto leaving the Reds. And it had come to this now where everything just objectively falls on one side of the equation that Bob then had to face the reality of it. I believe that Nick Kroll has known this for a long time, but I believe that Bob Castellini was not dealing with the reality of it until this week. All right. That's fair, Jeff. I, I mean, and, and we'll never really know one way or the other, if that's how it went down, obviously Nick's not going to tell us that, uh, right. but but in that in that clip, you you could tell you could you could see on his face his brain was telling him shut up, dummy, and he couldn't couldn't reel it back in. He he said it. So I have know, that I, thought I, a lot. I don't know. Why. I I don't <laughs> I don't look. I don't believe it. You may be right. Uh, we can give Nick the benefit of the doubt on that. But but I think from a financial standpoint, from a strategy standpoint, from the plan standpoint, this decision was made a long time ago. But. <sighs> There's pieces of this that I, I don't think they did Joey dirty. Let's let's just start there. Um, yeah. I think they made this decision, and I think Joey seen it. The writing on the wall. Some reports from inside the team say that they even told Joey as far back as late March, early April, that this is the direction they were leaning. Uh, so I don't think it came as a surprise to Joey. I don't think they did him dirty that way. The actual act of not picking up the option, I don't think did Joey dirty in any way, shape, or form. It was a business decision. It was a strategy. It was a planned decision. Um, and I think Joey understands that from everything that he said publicly since the announcement. Uh, it seems that he gets it. He understands the business side of it. He understands what the team is trying to do. I don't think they did him dirty that way, but I do think they did him dirty. And I, I have not gone without reading everyone that is is adding me on X and, and saying that I have it wrong in my... Um, not disgust as much as just being upset that the Reds didn't do more to celebrate Joey in that final homestand versus the Pirates. Uh, people are tweeting me Joey's comments about, you know, he wouldn't have wanted a farewell tour and that's not the kind of guy he is and all those things. Great. I understand. First off, what's Joey going to say? I'm mad that you didn't throw me a party. He's not going to say that. B, his personality is, is that is that he's not going to be a guy to ask for it. But the no. Reds knew they were going to do this. They should have had number 19 in the outfield for that whole final series against Pittsburgh. There should have been tributes to Joey playing on the video boards between every innings. They should have had a Canada Day or something along those lines. Uh, all of the things. So poutine at Frybox. Sure. It would have made you happy. A special, a special Frybox Deluxe. There you go. A little brown gravy goes a long way. So for me the Reds could have done some meaningful things that weren't a farewell tour, like for a guy that's retiring, but an acknowledgement that, Hey, this is probably the last time he's wearing this uniform in this ballpark for this team. And we need to celebrate that a little bit. Credit to the fans. I see you all tweeting me the comments that say, well, you know, they had the moment and you know, he had to step out of the box and it was spontaneous and it was great. Yeah. All that's true, but the Reds could have and should have done more to celebrate him for more than just that one game of fans cheering more could have been done. And I feel like that is a completely reasonable way to think about it, but I've also thought about it. that There's two reasons why that was never going to happen this year. And number one is Joey, because whenever Joey has an opportunity to be classy or to be not classy, Joey's always classy. He's mm -hmm. the classiest player that has ever played in major league baseball. And I believe that if they were to have approached him with this idea that we're going to celebrate you for this final homestand, then he probably would have been adverse to it because he's like, we're still in a playoff race. This is about the team. This is about making the playoffs. I don't want to make it about myself. 
the other the other reason that I don't think that it would have happened is Bob, because I don't think Bob was ready to admit to himself that Joey Votto's contract was going to be declined or his, his contract option was going to be declined until the moment that he had to make that decision. Bob was not going to make that decision. And had he signed off on a Joey Votto weekend or a Joey Votto homestand, that would officially be the, the, the signal that Joey's time was done in Cincinnati and Bob wasn't ready for that. So if Bob's not ready for it and if Joey's not ready for it, that wasn't going to happen. But I totally agree. I, I, I absolutely agree that the Reds could have done something, but I see the logical reasons as to why it didn't happen. I don't think that the Reds did Joey dirty in any way here. I, I don't think there was a physical possibility of getting this announcement out any earlier. And obviously you're not going to get it out much later than Monday because Monday is the deadline for options to be declined or picked up. So this was kind of just how it had to happen. Here's, here's my thing with this, Steve. And, and, and I kind of want to dive into this a little bit more. And this has something to do with what's going to happen to Joey and free agency. But um, sports superstars who spend lots of time with one team end two ways, too soon or way too late. So with that, where's Joey Votto going this offseason? What's next for him? What's next for the Reds? Well, look at that coming up next. By the way, before we jump into all of that, remember that you can follow us in between episodes. You can follow me on Twitter and Steve on Twitter at uh, S Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow me at J-E-F-F-F-C-A-R-R. And you can also follow Lockdown Reds at Lockdown Reds. And join us on the Lockdown Reds Discord page, talking baseball all throughout the year. A lot of great folks talking baseball there on the Lockdown Reds Discord page. Uh, so make sure you follow the link that is in the description of this episode for that. All right. Um, this is the big question because with Joey's contract option being declined, he's now a free agent for the first time in his career. There are lots of us. I mean, 100% of Reds fans dread the thought of Joey Votto suiting up in another team's uniform. My question to you is this, because I don't necessarily know that I think this is going to happen. Is a contending baseball team going to give him everyday playing time? No, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think the best that Joey can hope for is to be the left-handed part of a platoon at some first base, some DH. Uh, our guy H-Town down in Houston had an interesting post. I don't know if you caught that about a possible platoon for Joey for the Astros that made a little bit of sense. Um, I could see something like that happening. I don't think that anybody at this point is going to sign Joey Votto and say, you're our guy for 140 or 150 games. It would be, I mean, quite frankly, if a GM did that, I think it would be irresponsible of that general manager for the well-being of his team because you're putting a whole lot into a guy that's going to be 40 one years old during the season being able to hold up to the rigors of a major league baseball season now look that's not to say that joey Votto can't be a productive player uh, i think we just have to be realistic and and just say out loud the fact that he's in his 40s 
and he's not going to be able to play 150 games at a high level. He's always talked about not wanting to play the game if he can't do it at a high level. Well, I don't think that Joey can be a 150 game high level kind of guy, but he could be a 70 to 80 game high level guy in a right kind of platoon situation. And I think that's where he ends up. And uh, you hit on this when we played that Nick Craw clip. Uh, I don't see any scenario now where that's with the Cincinnati Reds. I don't see that that he goes and tests the market, doesn't find what he likes, and comes back and there's a hug it out press conference before the start of next season where we, they announce Joey's coming back. Uh, right. Nick said a lot of things, mentioning Jose Barrero and mentioning Nick Senzel. And all of those all of those players that are going to take just a little bit of the at-bats and be the last guys on the bench, there's not going to be a way to carve a rollout for Joey if you're committed to having all of those guys on the roster. Correct. And and I think it's interesting because this is just another example of Joey being as classy as he possibly can in uh, a press. It's sort of a private press uh, meeting between him and C Trent and some other guys over the phone. They were asking him about his feelings throughout all of this. And, and he was like, look, I mean, let's just be totally objective. I'm 40 years old and I've had two straight seasons of 200 uh, batting average and coming off major shoulder surgery, uh, I don't know that I'd pick up a $20 million option on me right now. So that's really the profile that he's going into as, as much as us Reds fans. And, and I have always said uh, that I look forward to the thousand year reign of Joseph Daniel Votto at first base. Um, the reality is not that case. And especially if you're an opposing GM and you look at him on the free agent market and like the, the the perfect comparison for me was the fact that the Toronto Blue Jays first baseman from last year, Brandon Belt, is a free agent this year. And I'm like, if you compare Brandon Belt right now with Joey Votto right now, I think you're picking Brandon Belt. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think that that's a tough thing because it makes you wonder, you know, what what's this going to look like? Is he going to end up just retiring at the end of it all because there's not that role out there for him that he was looking for? I think that's a real possibility. I think that um, it really depends at the end of the day, is Joey willing to adjust his expectations? You know, he's Mm -hmm. always said, uh, again, high level, but also that, you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be one of those stays too long kind of guys. If the market tells Joey, hey, there is nobody here that believes you're player X, we think you're player Y. And if everybody's telling him that, if he's not willing to adjust to that, that very may very well be what the answer is, is, well, I'm going to just be done then because I'm not going to stay too long. Um, if he's willing to adjust his expectations for or for a role, I think there's a home out there for him to be able to play one more season. Um, I don't think it's a hundred plus game starting somewhere. I think that it's a role player, but a significant role uh, yeah. with the right team. And, and the Reds just aren't the right team. So for Joey moving forward, there is some opportunity, but he's going to have to make some adjustments. For the Reds moving forward, well, they, they've now pushed their chips to the center. They're all in on the youth movement. And, you know, whether it pays off, whether everybody has a sophomore slump, no matter what happens, they're all in on it now. There's no turning back. Yeah, for my money, um, it's Christian Encarnacion Strand steps into that role. Yep. And then... You look at, you know, not the money that the Reds saved. I mean, they're just not going to pay $13 million, $13 million no. for Joey Votto now. And so you're going to spread that money out. You're going to 
go sign a relief pitcher, maybe add that money onto a trade to get a big time starter to come in here or something like that. But that's added on to the fact that the Reds ticket sales went through the roof. Their TV ratings went through the roof. They made a lot of money last year and they're making, and they're saving money here. There is money to be spent. And, and while that question was posed to Nick crawl in this pe- press conference and Nick crawl was uh, a, uh, he uh, assured everyone that the budget has been decided on and B declined to comment on what that budget looks like, which is fine. That's never, I mean, there's never been a general manager in the history of baseball to comment on his budget, but um, that, that it's a good sign to me that the Reds have already set that budget because there's been years past where we get to Christmas and they're still talking about, you know, when we set the budget, it's already set. Nick crawl's got a, got a, got his marching orders and he can work within his constraints, but I believe those constraints are far bigger than they've been in years past. Yeah. I think the reds have $35 million, $40 million right now committed, committed for the season, somewhere in that range. Uh, going into now the general manager meetings right now and Nick knowing what the landscape looks like, uh, definitely having had the opportunity to wrap his head around it before they get to the winter meetings, I think it's really going to help this team because they are going to have to be active. You and I are going to spend a lot of time talking about this in the upcoming weeks and months about where they need to be allocating resources to to filling holes or making upgrades. Uh, And it's good to know that at least from the starting point now, which is these GM meetings, heading into the off season that Nick has the information he needs to formulate a plan. And it's not going to be a, well, let me see if I can go back to Bob and get the approval for this. Nick already knows what he's allowed to do. And I think that's a tremendous start to the off season and a different start, as you mentioned, than previous years where things were still kind of up in the air well into December. Yeah. The hot stove is going to be lit. I mean, in years past, we we wondered if the pilot light was even on, but this year is going to be lit, and, and you better uh, believe we're going to be all over it here on the Lockdown Reds podcast because there's lots to talk about as to what the Reds may do because Nick Crawl was also asked multiple times in this press conference in multiple different ways what he's looking to add, and in a couple of different ways, Nick Crawl said everything. He's not limiting it. It's going to be a very interesting off season. So make it, it sure is you when your answer, this. when your answer to the reporters is, I just want to make the team better. That, that kind of tells me almost everything's on the table. And I, and I think that's positive. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I love, I love that. I love that. And answer. I think that's I, probably, and that's probably a great spot to go ahead and wrap it up for today, Jeff. Um, we're going to talk more about Joey. This is going to be, this is going to be a conversation several times in the off season. Uh, and especially if we start hearing rumors of uh, possible signings and, and possible interest for Joey, uh, this will come back up again and, and we'll give it the attention that it deserves, but we're also going to be focused in on what this team is going to be doing uh, in 2024 and, and doing in the off season to prepare for 2024. So if you haven't hit those subscribe buttons, Hit them. If you haven't hit that notification bell, make sure you do that as well because we're going to be doing lives, we're going to be doing episodes, and we're going to keep everyone locked on Reds every single day. We'll see you tomorrow. Really want to figure out where these balloons are coming from. They really are getting to me. <laughs> you almost choked it. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.